about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame exit Sandman, or whatever that punchline is. 11 points, three and a half minutes. I don't know how we won that game, but we did. We go to five and one on the air, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we enter a bye week, a much-needed bye week. I'm joined by Steve. As always, this is the Four Horsemen Podcast. Before we get into it, we'll get a word from our sponsor. Guys, the job market is on fire right now. We are, we are at a surplus of jobs versus the amount of people in the workforce. Jobs are just handing out money right now. They're dumping out money, and more so than ever, to be competitive, they are offering extra benefits. How do you find those extra benefits that are going to help tangibly benefit your life and make you wealthier and more financially secure? Dwindle. Go to Dwindle. Dwindle is the first job board aimed at helping to solve the student loan debt crisis. Job seekers can sign up for free. They can get you can get a free resume critique and then start applying for jobs that provide student loan repayment benefits. They will literally help you pay your student loans. It's free money. Go get it. And if you don't have student loans, that's quite all right. They're if you're just looking for an affordable education, they can help connect you with jobs that provide tuition assistance and tuition reimbursement. So check them out today. Make your life better. Get a new job. Let's get out of debt. Dwindle student debt.com. That's dwindle D W I N D L E student debt.com. Let them know the four horsemen sent you. Well, well said, Steve. And in the middle of that, out of nowhere, comes Mr. Goggles himself. It's, uh, it, it's P-Wagon live from some slope somewhere in Switzerland. Are you skiing or what? These are pit vipers, homie. Educate yourself. The pit I vipers wish, I, do fuck. I wish, I wish people could see what I see right now. Can, can you uh, control your background audio there, P? Yeah, we're good now. Okay, excellent. Well, the listeners will enjoy that, and I will not edit it out. Um, Irish B- BT, uh, awful game, but also a fun game. Um, at one point, my friends were, I had friends over for the fight afterwards, and they were teasing me. They're like, oh, yeah, how's the eternal optimist Notre Dame fan going to spin this? You're down 11 with three and a half minutes. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to lose this game. But what I said to them was, we're going to score, we're going to stop them, and we're going to score again, and then we'll win and the we game. Did. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Jack Cohn came in after injury, absolutely decimated Virginia Tech's uh, defense. Irish moved the ball, I think, faster than I've ever seen an offense move the ball. They went like 60 yards in about 45 seconds, scored a touchdown. Marcus Freeman's deep came, came in huge. And then Jonathan Doerr with a massive field goal to win the game. Um, am I crazy or was Michael Mayer not playing? He, was he did not. not play a snap. Right. Okay. You know, when you're drinking, you have people over. You don't really notice the personnel groupings too much. But I'm like, where's where's 87? Don't think he was there. So, um, P, you just joined. Give me your thoughts on the game. Uh, and uh, what are your hot takes? I hate everybody. Um, <laughs> hot takes go. Sure. So before the game, Notre Dame fans uh, were very anti-Cone. Mm-hmm. 
during the game, Notre Dame fans were very anti-Cone. They're yep. raving or hailing Tyler Buckner as the next coming of uh, Michael Vick, for all we know. Yeah, until he threw a pick, then they started to hate him, too. So these fair-weather chicken little head-ass fans really pissed me off. Then after the game, Jack Cone's the greatest thing since sliced bread because he won the game. Pick a side. Jack Cone is a quarterback that can win games for Notre Dame. Tyler Buckner is a quarterback that can win games for Notre Dame. Drew Pine's 5'11". So with that... Drew Pine can win games for Notre Dame, too. Hold on. He, he could win games for us. All of them can win games because all, all they need to be is a game manager. They're all good quarterbacks. In this style of offense, you don't need to be a world beater. You just yeah, need to be a sensible quarterback. And it, it just it's annoying because after the game, oh, well, you know, Tyler Buckner has two weeks to heal up. This motherfucker has one leg. Let's be honest, a hamstring injury and an ankle injury. He has one functional leg right now. And if you want to ride him through the USC game, that's fine. Just know you have a quarterback who has played in big games before who can win. How many drives has Cone taken us down the field to win the game on a two minute drill? He knows what he has to do and he's not a freshman. Yeah. Buckner's development is going to be great. But at the same time, Jack Cone's been there. So it's it's just ridiculous in this whole thing. Yeah, he might have lost the Cincinnati game, of which I still have him watched. But at the same time, do a two-quarterback system. Jack Cohn can start. He can be a closer. I don't care what he can. But to think Tyler Buckner is the answer for the rest of the season is absolutely ridiculous, as he only has one functional leg in theory right now. Yeah, he can run, but he's one hit away from being out for the season. How 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 great would it be for his legend though if he like came into the Southern Cal game and just dominated USC? Well, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be amazing. Too, like, I think he would his breakout game. I think he probably would actually. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I think Jack Cohn is hilariously both the starter and the closer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kelly used to go in the year we went to the title game. It was Golson would start and Tommy would close, and now it's Jack starts. Buckner comes in and then Jack closes, and he's done that twice at least because there's the Toledo game. Um, and then there's the game we just played. Um, Jack Holmes was really impressive. Um, didn't start off great, but only some of that was his fault. Like, he did run into pressure a few times. But when he comes back in the game, he's in that mental state and just ready to play. He's ready to perform. He scores two drives, right? Two touchdowns, I believe, and then drives for the game-winning field goal. Um, credit to him for being ready. And credit to Buckner. I thought Buckner played really well. Um, I know there was there was two picks there. Um, and you know, those will be fixed, but what you saw from Buckner is that ceiling that is going to win a Heisman. You know what I mean? You saw a man who runs faster than any of our running backs. He's more elusive than all of them. And he can throw 45 yard bombs down the field. Like what a God. And I thought Kevin Austin was in, I don't care what anybody says. I don't think that he was touched out of bounds. That was a touchdown. Um, anyway, uh, I, I'm really impressed with the quarterback group. Um, Steve, what did you think of the offensive line? Because that's something we've been hammering on for a while, and we said if they just play all right, we'll be able to smoke teams. Well, we didn't smoke Virginia Tech. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, in theory, we will be able to smoke teams, and I think we will. I mean, I, this was a game that was a – there was kind of just some some weird things that happened, and that's just the nature of Beamer ball. That's the the uh, the nature of being on the road again with the rowdy crowd, true freshman QB. Uh, you know, Buckner's first pick, the what that was the pick six, I'm pretty sure. Yes, it was. Um, that wasn't great. 
that was a timing route that just got jumped. And I mean, it, the guy was staring him down the whole way and, and he's got to learn to read that. And, and he will, uh, you know, this is a, a, again, an 18 year old kid learning the ropes uh, would, would have hoped for not that to happen, but it did. His second interception though, Buckner's it, he, it was third down and six. And we ran Kyren Williams out of shotgun off the right guard. And Kyren gets back to the line of scrimmage. There's holding on the play. Now it's third down and 21. You send five wide receivers out and then you're forcing a true freshman on third down and 21 in lane stadium in a one score football game to make a play. He tries to make a play adrenaline coursing through his veins. It was an accurate throw in terms of like left to right. Like it, it, it would have yeah. been in the hands. It was just a couple of feet too high. Uh, because again, I think because of adrenaline. So he ends up throwing that interception there. So I, I don't think that the, the play call you know, really helped him there. Do you know the Gordon Ramsay meme, like Chef Ramsay of like, um, yeah. like, oh, you donkey, but when it's someone you love, it's like, oh, they're there, hush, hush, because he's with a kid, right? So he's exactly. mean to the adults, he has the kids. That's mm-hmm. how I feel with Buckner, because I'm like trying to make excuses for him. I'm like, you know what? I think the running back should have caught that ball. I thought mm-hmm. he could have jumped a little higher or the throw, the throw behind hit his hands. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm more inclined to make excuses for, for TB 12. Um, sorry to cut you off. I just wanted no, to. No, no, of course. I agree wholeheartedly because I absolutely love him and don't tell my wife, but anyway, um, <laughs> like Joey plays rugby for Notre Dame. Yeah. But, but anyway, you know, just kind of, you know, circling back around to the offensive line, the offensive line played well enough. And I, I think, it's there's so many factors and and I there's so many thoughts going through my head that I preemptive kind of you know flash forward I am giving the offensive line one of the four horsemen of the week not because they were spectacular but I mean we had 221 rushing yards uh no that was receiving we had 173 uh rushing yards averaging four yards per carry I'll take that every single game every single game that's incredible um you know, we only gave up two sacks, both in the first quarter. One of them was on the left tackle, and it, uh, which I believe at the time was Baker. And Kyren didn't really help. He was, you know, staying back in pass coverage. Kyren was just a second too late. So that was kind of mixed on both the left tackle and Kyren. Uh, but then on the second sack, that was all cone. I mean, he it was third down and seven. Okay. And Kyren... Kyron Williams was wide open, a four-yard dump off, off off to the left. He did not have a defender within 15 yards of him. Kyron could have legitimately ran for 25 yards without being touched. So that was on Cone, the the second sack. He, you know, so the offensive line, by and large, they didn't give up a a tackle for loss outside of the sacks, and they only really gave up one sack, in my opinion, because the second sack was was the quarterback's problem. So, you know, we ran for almost 175 yards. Kyron Williams in open space is literally like they cannot get him on the ground. So it, there's so much more promise to this game. And, and, and I think it's, it's going to start paying dividends. Like I said, I think the offensive line is going to get better and better and better week by week. They're just still not at where they need to be, but they're on the path. So that's the good news in terms of the offensive line, in terms of a complete game, there's, I want to get into there. There is something that, that you know that Dylan and I kind of have on on the docket that we're going to get into later. But a, a quick teaser is I just don't know. I I have no no firm answers on on 
where we go from here. And this game didn't provide any answers. It didn't provide any clarity. And that was annoying. So that's, that's like, I mean, I have so many thoughts going in at, uh, at once because with this program trying to get into national relevance, as we discuss the CFP later in the episode, there's just so much going on all at once. So it's like, we're all over the map, just like the coaching staff, just like the quarterback room, just like the offensive line, just like everything. There's so much to address that my brain is like, I don't know. I'm on like crack. It's it, uh, and obviously I don't want to get too much into it right now, but it, it is so hard to predict the future in college football. Um, and while our schedule strength schedule will be very weak, you know, Cincinnati is a top three team in the country right now. And that is going to help Notre Dame. Um, you think of 2017, right? The Notre Dame was carried into that playoff conversation by Georgia. It could happen, and we'll get into that in a minute, but that's not the focus, and I don't think it's our focus. We just put it out there because, you know, ever since this podcast started, P kind of, and, and, and Steve have kind of looked at me as the fucking guru, right, to to try <laughs> to find stupid ways to get Notre Dame into the playoff. Um, and I came up with a path, and I think it's unlikely, but I think it's there, uh, and we'll get into that in a bit, but I think our focus is on recovering, getting ready for USC, and just finishing out this year on a high note, um, because this team has struggled a lot. Um, Pete, you know, I, I know it's almost dangerous to ask you if you have any other hot takes because there's so many that I can brace for. Um, here's free reign. Talk about oh talk about Notre Dame. Oh, boy. <clears throat> oh, boy. I have a ton. Um, I'm mad at Notre Dame Nation. I, I think I don't like our fans more than I don't like other teams' fans uh, because – it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. My hottest take, though. Except the listeners. Except our listeners. Our fans are fantastic. Love you guys. You're the best. Yeah, it's the rest who are in my mentions saying, oh, well, well, you know, Jack Cohn's not going to throw for 400 yards. Yeah, I know he's not going to throw for 400 yards. It's conjecture. Like, the the whole thing, My whole, I'm not going to get into the fans because you can follow me on Twitter, P. Wagon Sitzy. I will have some hot takes on there. And if you want to fight me about any of these takes, Meet me in my mentions. I have the stats to back it up. The thing that really annoys me from watching that game was how overhyped Virginia Tech is. The stadium sounded like a fucking library. Let me, let me continue. The third quarter of the game was silent. Oh, Lane Stadium's rocking. Oh, Lane Stadium. No, it's fucking not. It was a lazy game. It felt like some mid-afternoon Northwestern versus the school of the blind and the deaf game. Like it, it was lazy. It did not feel like a top 10 stadium atmosphere. The lights at the end, those were stupid. The guy with the laser, that was stupid. Lane Stadium is not a hard place to play. They have not beat a single big team there in recent memory. Frank Beamer hasn't been a human in college football since 2015. There he is died no... or did he just retire? He retired, I checked, before I said anything bad about him. Right. Uh, <laughs> even with these glasses on, I can see that people would hate me for that. They're not a big stadium. That's all that matters. And everyone who's trying to glorify Enter Sandman and their high school entrance awful notre dame was the better team the entire game that is true because lane stadium is not a tough place to play notre dame stadium may not be a tough place to play either i i don't know i think I'll, it is but i understand where people you're are saying. saying they're not but lane stadium there's no mystique there there's more mystique at notre dame 
because of what they've yeah. done in the past. Lane Stadium's living off of a kid from six years ago, a man from six years ago. Notre Dame had the second longest home winning streak. I'd say it's definitely hard to play there, um, especially when Newt Rockney's ghost is blowing footballs wide left and wide right all night because that <laughs> seems to be the magic of Notre Dame. Um, what I was going to say, though, I double-checked. I looked at the post-game win expectancy per our friend Jason at CFB Numbers, and he had Notre Dame at 78% chance to win based on the numbers reflected in the game. So Notre Dame was the better team. There's no there's I no always felt there. like we were going to win that game. Yeah, it was only in the last three minutes where I'm like, oh, this is this is gross. Um, but yeah, no, excellent point there. Um, yeah, Notre Dame fans can get a little bit much. Um, that's why. I, so I, I had a buddy over. Um, and this is a friend from school, and he's uh, he's in his 30s. So he grew up a sports guy. Uh, watched. He's a closet Notre Dame guy. He won't admit it, but he he he's been watching Notre Dame since the '90s. And he asked me a good question because we we're talking about Beamer, whether or not he's alive. He he asked me, "How is Lou Holtz still alive? Because that dude was old in the '90s." <laughs> and could anyone like? Does anyone know how old Lou is? Because he's he too busy is... bothering Oklahoma fans. Um, I don't know. I, I... eighty-four. Eighty-four. Holy crap! Eighty-four, and he trademarked "Play Like a Champion" today. What a god! That's amazing. He's also not to <laughs> let too much of a secret out, but I'm hot on the trail of a couple uh, items from his personal collection right now for my cabin of curiosities. I, what, can you speak English and not whatever <clears throat> language that was? I In my basement, I have a collection of Notre Dame memorabilia. Yes. Lou Holtz is selling some of his memorabilia. Okay. I am hot on the trail of it for my cabin right. of curiosities. See, the way that was initially formulated, I thought you meant that Lou Holtz is hot after your memorabilia collection because you stole some things of his. I wish. Imagine a national treasure with me and Lou Holtz, especially with me dressed like this. For the listeners at home, I'm also shirtless right now. Yeah. P, P once did an, an episode where he only said the titles of Breaking Bad episodes, and he may or may not have been the influence under the influence of certain things. But it was we didn't notice because that's how good he is at being calm and cool. Um, but if you ever go back, listen to the New Mexico episode of season two. Hilarious. That was my that was my last you're one. National, I think you're a national treasure when I think yeah, about it. They, all the crazy they, chaos. You all kicked me off after that for a little bit. <laughs> I think that is memory that is incorrectly remembered. Uh, <laughs> Much like Virginia Tech's history as a tough stadium to play in. Speaking of Virginia Tech and this football game, I, I think now I want to get into this conversation of and I, I put the poll out on Twitter <clears throat> and it was what is going to be the most important aspect of this team being successful going forward and, and and most specifically the offense, what's going to get the ball down the field. What's going to get the ball into the end zone. Is it the offensive line? Is it the quarterback or is it the play calling? Right. And we talked about this in the last podcast, Dylan and I, and, and P you missed it, but obviously, you know, would, would love to see your insight into it now. But what is the answer? And I, the, what's the most frustrating thing to me is I don't think we have an answer after this game because Cone started. Cone was I mean, he was nine of twelve for 108 yards. So like he 75 percent completion percentage. His QBR was 80.9, and QBR again is on a scale from one to 100. So anything over 75 is pretty damn good. So Cone was cool, calm, collect, and and he was able to when it 
mattered the most, play the game and 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 score and, and get us into field goal range and ultimately win. But early on, Cone couldn't do jack shit, and that's what prompted Buckner. And Buckner was on fire to start, and then, you know, kind of the freshman rookie mistakes come out. But the offensive line played better, and the offensive line playing better, you know, started to expose that, okay, you know, it doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter who's the quarterback when, when the offensive line is playing well. But then it's like, is the offensive line playing well because of the play calling, or is the offensive line playing well regardless of the play calling, right? Or is the play calling leading to, like I mentioned, that that third and six that, you know, with the holding forces third and 21, and, and like, why are you running the ball with Kyron on third and six? We know we're, you know, even though we were better in this game at running the football, we're still not the best that we can be. Maybe an RPO there is be- the best way to, to go. Maybe it even was an RPO and I missed it. I don't know. Like, so, but that's that's kind of the the internecine warfare of this football team right now that I don't have a clear answer on what's going to make us better. So Dylan, I know that, you know, you and I have gone back and forth about this, you know, just, you know, between texting and, and talking a lot, you know, what, what, what are you seeing at this point? Cause I want to see uh, like, why, why does Texas get to score 48 points? I mean, because the answer is because they're the big 12 and, and, and they, they, you know, they play terrible defenses. Why does, you know, wh- why does Cincinnati get to score 52? Why does, oh, uh, you know, uh, Ohio state get to score 66? Why does, why does Arkansas get to score 51 points in the sec? Why does Ole Miss get to score 52 points in the sec? Why do these teams get to put up all these points and move all the, like our, uh, like our offensive line is more talented than all of these teams. And we can't get it done. I don't Ooh. understand. We have quarterbacks. Ooh. We have receivers. We have the running backs. We have. Steven. I'm going crazy. Take a deep breath. I. I <laughs> Here's the answer. The fact that I'm being rational right now, looking like this, is something. <laughs> when let, let's have a serious conversation here. When you're playing golf, let's say you have to choose between a club you. Can know you can hit 150 yards or possibly a club that could go 175. Okay. I mean, that's a nine iron versus a seven iron. So, okay. now, so now that we put that out there, let's say you have a nine iron and you have a seven iron, or for this case, a 12 iron and a 17 iron. There, <laughs> there are certain shots that you can take with your nine iron that you can't take with your seven, correct? And vice versa, correct. There are certain plays in Coach Reese's playbook that he can call with Jack Cohn, the 17 iron, as opposed to Tyler Buckner, who is just learning the offense. While they might still have the same level of knowledge of the Notre Dame offense, they don't have the same level of football knowledge. So Jack Cohn, who correct me if I'm wrong, is also taller than Tyler Buckner with a better arm, will have plays that will stretch the field vertically. It opens the playbook for that. Buckner has more of a set for the Auburn style, the the spread wing tee. Uh, That's all Auburn did when they had Cam Newton there, where he can run those RPOs or those read option types of plays. So the playbook shifts. What you're seeing, the play calling is directly affecting how the offensive line plays because RPOs aren't predicated on 
having a man in a pass set for seven seconds and letting him stretch the field vertically that way. They're designed for quick hitting plays. Ian Book, quick hitting plays for the time he played at ND. Mm-hmm. They're not designed to have this Wisconsin style of offense where they have these big guys who can hold up. Playing offensive line is fucking tough. You and you have good defenders that you're playing against. In not with Purdue really, but other than that, they have really good defenders that they're playing against. And the quicker you get it out, the quicker you're moving down the field, you're tiring down the defense. If you're trying to stretch the ball long. It's going to take a lot longer for them to be in those pass sets. It's going to allow for middle linebackers and outside linebackers to do what they have to do to stunt. If you let those stunts happen, our offensive line is going to look shittier there. I agree. I agree. And 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 by and large, pass pass protection hasn't been the main concern this year. I mean, there's been moments. Like there's been moments they've definitely broken down, uh, especially on the left side of the line. Right. That's where we're the most inexperienced, and that's kind of where the most sacks are coming from so far. Um, it's, but it's the run game that's really been stifling, right? But, and, but in this game, the run game was a lot better. You know, Kyron had 74 yards and a touchdown. Buckner obviously had, had 67 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, we still, our longest rush of the day was only 11 yards though. You know, so while we were able to move the, the ball better, it just, again, it's, it just feels like, you know, you have to pass to, to, you know, get the defense on their heels. And then once they're on their heels, then you can run and you can run a little bit more effectively and against, you know, f- five and six man boxes ra- rather than, you know, seven or eight, you know, quarterbacks. I, I legitimately think that every quarterback on this roster or you know, the main three, you know, Buckner, Cohn and Pine, I think all of them can be the starter. And I think all of them legitimately can lead us to 11 and one. And, and I, I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what? You tweeted it like, for fun saying let's get crazy and let's play all three quarterbacks if that's what it takes that's what it takes and i'm fine with it i just i don't know man i'm i'm looking for an answer i'm looking for something that i can say that i can pinpoint and say this is the reason why we are not nearly as good as we should be because you know we barely gave up 300 yards in that game and we gave up 29 points all you know 22 points if you if you count the pick six so I don't know. I, we we were so much better of a football team, but the fact that we had to come back and score 11 points in three minutes and kick a game-winning field goal. By the way, Jonathan Dork, ice in his friggin' veins. He's incredible. But it's just, it. I'm. I don't want to see these close games anymore. I want to see you know the fact that Penn State is still ranked in the top 10 after losing, and we were in the top 10, and we lost to the number three team in the nation, and we're now we're ranked number 14, like just ahead of the Chanticleers. Do you think that the fucking Chanticleers are going to come in and beat Notre Dame? Do you think that, like, what what planet am I on? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Dylan, P and I have had the back and forth on this. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Like, what's what's the equation? What's have you seen anything? Is it is it still a mystery? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Sorry, I, I tuned out for a bit just because some Michigan fan was with a praising Bo Schemblackler on his Twitter. Sorry about that. That's my fault. I uh, <laughs> I, I, I kind of lost. This is what happens when three idiots have control over a Twitter account. No, no. You know what you're gonna no, no. get? I'm a rascal. No, no. Some some Michigan fan was talking shit, and then I look at his bio, and he's he's praising that that man who covered up sexual allegations at Michigan. Get that out of your bio. I don't care who you played for. We don't tolerate any of that. Um, so anyway, uh, and I'll be the first one to say if anything like that came out about Notre Dame, we would be the first people to also 
distance ourselves from that and to speak out on it because we've, that is been, on, we've been on record about that as well. So yeah, I don't, I don't care that you with Michigan guy. Yes. I don't care if it's Michigan. I don't care if it's Paterno at, at Penn state. If it happens at Notre Dame, we'll be very, we'll be very forward about it. Anyway. Um, sorry. I get fired up when Michigan fans talk to me. Um, I think the answer has always been the offensive line. And the reason is think about when Jack Cohn was at his best, it was slinging the ball around against Florida state and then slinging the ball around against Virginia tech. And in both instances, the offensive line, I think, gave him enough time in the pocket to throw. But I also think part of it is on the quarterback. I think he needs to be a little more confident and comfortable in the pocket. Because when he is, Jack Cohn is very, very good. And like we said, all year, his passing EPA is one of the best in the country. It's just he gets sacked a lot. And if he can get the offensive line can protect him more and he can feel a little more comfortable, not run into pressure, avoid pressure. And if he can just focus on throwing the ball. Um, that guy and this offense will be 40 points a game. We said that after Florida State game. We said, look, we finally went to an explosive offense. Just needed the offensive line to hold up. I do think the play calling is a big part of that. I think Kelly and uh, Reese went back to a little bit more of a power run game, which I don't think was the right decision. I think that was maybe blaming things that didn't need to be blamed for certain for certain things, so they went back to the run. Uh, the running game did get better, and I don't think that's because of – the calls, I think just the offensive line had improved. Um, but if the offensive line is improved and the, you are running the ball with more effectiveness, then you are going to have the playbook open for Jack Cohn. And we've all been kind of on Jack Cohn's wagon the whole time. We think he should be the starter because given time, I think he is the best of the three right now. Um, and so I think the answer to your question is all of them. But I do think the offensive line is the biggest one because if Cohn can just have that time to, to be the gunslinger he can be, mm-hmm. Notre Dame is going to be very tough to get off the field. I agree. I agree. I, I agree that that uh, that Jack Cohn should be the starter. I, I absolutely love Tyler Buckner. If I wasn't already married, I would propose to him. Um, but Jack Cohn, you know, I, I think at this point he needs to have the Ian Book mindset of I have three seconds and if it's there's nothing, I got to move. And I, you know, and I, I admire the fact that he likes to stay in for that one extra second, which is the critique we had of Ian Book, which is Ian, sometimes you just need to stay in for a half a second more, keep your eyes downfield. And and for Book, things would open up and he can make that big pass like, you know, Avery Davis against Clemson. But then you have Book, uh, Cone, uh, who's the complete opposite and obviously different offensive lines and circumstances. But it's like, you know, you need to, you know. 2.75 seconds, 2.8 seconds, 2.9 seconds. Like you have to understand and have that internal clock of, you know, if it's not there, move. We saw his escapability and his ability to move somewhat on that two point conversion, which, by the way, Kevin Austin, oh my God. <laughs> I, I had to like, I had to like suck on an ice cube after that to cool myself down because holy shit, (laughs) like I, I was all horned up after that two point conversion from Austin, but I I don't know. I, there's, there's just so much in in the air and I want to, you know, let's, let's put Virginia tech in the rear view mirror. We're, we're on to bye week at this point We're we're having fun. Let's have fun the rest of this podcast. But that was a thought exercise that I wanted to, you know, see what your guys thoughts would be. And then obviously for our listeners, please tweet us, you know, that we, we tweet, we've been tweeting about this pretty much nonstop because it's, it's the most topical thing that we can discuss, which is, is it the play calling? Is it the O-line? Is it the QB? It's all of the above. What's the answer? We don't know. We just want 11 and one and the shot at the playoffs. And that is called a segue, my friend. Well done. Um, well, 
as you guys must all know by now, the Alabama Crimson Tide defeated by the AM Aggies. Once again, it seems like Texas AM is a little bit of a bogey team for Alabama. Um, and that opens up something because Alabama's path to the playoff now must go undefeated, which includes a win over Georgia in the SEC title game. Should Georgia win that game? Because in 2017, Alabama's loss came against a divisional opponent who also went 11-1. and So Alabama missed the SEC title game, but because of that, snuck in as the number four team. That can't happen this year. Alabama has to play Georgia if they are getting into the playoff. And should Georgia win? Well, now we have an open spot because we had all booked Alabama and Georgia for both getting in because we thought they'd be undefeated when they played each other. That's there's a good chance that doesn't happen. So if Georgia wins that game, you have Georgia, you have Cincinnati, assuming, you know, that's what we need. We need Cincinnati to carry us all the way uh, because if they're 11 and one, they have that head to head. So we have Cincinnati in, and then you've got two spots for the PAC 12 winner, the big 12 winner, the big 10 winner and Notre Dame. And that's for two spots for four teams really, because they're not all going to be eligible. We got the big 10 playing each other, right? People are like, well, how is the big 10 going to have a two loss champion? Kind of easily, actually. Michigan State plays Michigan. They also play Penn State. Michigan plays Penn State and Michigan State and Ohio State. Ohio State plays all those teams as well. And then one of those teams have to go play Iowa. And Iowa still has to play Wisconsin. It's like that that conference could be too long easily. Um, and if you don't like that path, do you, does anybody here trust Oregon to finish the rest of the season with one loss? Absolutely not. Oklahoma has almost lost every game they've played this year. All it takes is for them to drop one game and Texas to beat them in the rematch, and they're out of it as well. So the Notre Dame strength of schedule, we said last week, is so weak, we can't see ourselves getting in. But like college football always does, it produces chaos. And now, despite the strength of schedule, Notre Dame could still get in just by virtue of of chaos in, in, the, in the field of college football. Now, I don't think that's likely. I still think that is a longer shot. But the path is in, and it is pretty clear to me, at least, that's how we get in, is to finish the season 11-1 and one and hope for a little bit of uh, tomfoolery in the other conferences. But it's there. And, uh, and I think that brings up the question, you know, do you want it? Do you, I, you I was going to ask that same question. If well, you play Georgia round one, do you Georgia's want not game? making it. Georgia's not making it. How is, how is Georgia not making it? That's extremely bold. The, the Kentucky Wildcats. So the Kentucky Wildcats beat Georgia, but the then un, the undefeated but, Kentucky Wildcats will be in top of that conference there. Okay. Okay. But then, then Georgia doesn't play in the SEC championship game. So then they 2017 Alabama, which is they sneak in as the number four because they yeah, don't have but, to play. But, but not, not so fast, my friend. Okay. Alabama scheduled the rest of the year. They have Mississippi State, yep. Tennessee, LSU. New Mexico State, Arkansas, and Auburn. They're going to drop another one. Probably to New Mexico State. (laughs) Hey, fighting Aggies there. But Arkansas, Auburn, back-to-back. That's going to be tough. They will drop one of those, too. Kentucky will beat Georgia this weekend. And we're we're on to the Cats. The Cats have a shit strength of schedule, too. There's another route in for Notre Dame. But but Georgia, if Georgia loses to Kentucky and they go 11-1... And don't play in the SEC title game. They I still think that's a playoff spot. I think they back door number four there. Well, that's my concern. Possibly. My concern I mean, is I, I want Georgia because I don't think Kentucky can backdoor us. I don't think if Kentucky goes 11-1 and one and it's the reverse, I don't think they get an over Notre Dame just because it's Kentucky. And I don't trust them to go 11-1 and one anyway. If George, I, see, I want Georgia to go undefeated, and I want them to hammer Alabama, and that just puts okay. one SEC team in it. 
You know I'm what just I mean? A, I have adopted Kentucky as my uh, team because of Nate Atkins. So yeah, our our friend Nate will uh, give uh, shout out a Nate. Big, big at. I mean, he's he's got a locked account, so I don't know if it'll do anything. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's it's a good debate because I would always rather the opportunity to win a national championship than not. And by playing in a bowl game that isn't a playoff game, your your chances of winning the national championship is zero. Your chances of beating Georgia is has to be larger than zero. It might be not larger than one percent, but it'll be larger than zero. Um, you can't so dance at the club once you're in there. There's there's my take. You can't dance at the club once you're inside. I do think there would be a benefit of a reversal of the narrative. So the narrative when Notre Dame gets in the playoff is, oh, they didn't deserve to be there. Uh, and that kind of nags into the next year. If Notre Dame theoretically goes 11 and one, and let's say they get they miss the playoff spot, Notre Dame's ranked fifth or sixth. They just they do not get in, and then they go in and they beat someone bad in their bowl game. Then the reversal kind of becomes, oh, Notre Dame should have been in the playoff this year, and then That's... you can kind of start 2022 with a little bit of momentum and a little bit of more um, national backing behind you. That's that's where I am going to fall on this side of the debate. So I, I think both of you would prefer to be in the playoff than not. And I think in this year, if it weren't going to be Georgia as the number one team that yeah, we would play Iowa or Cincinnati, if, I'll take it. I'll, I'll Iowa or Cincinnati in the first round. I okay. think we 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 win regardless. There is there is literally not a team other than Alabama above Notre Dame. Alabama and Georgia are the only two teams that I think beat Notre Dame when Notre Dame plays their best game. If Notre Dame plays their best game against any of the top 15 teams in the country, not Georgia or Alabama, they win. They beat Iowa, Cincy, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, all the way down the line. If we don't play our best game, I could see us losing. So that's that's that. But the, the fact of the matter is, is if we get in, we will be four, Georgia will be one. That is what will it will be. Our offensive line will literally get picked up and punted 55 yards backwards by their defensive line. We, yeah, I am, be ugly. I, it, 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 it just, it wouldn't even, I wouldn't even have hope. At least against Alabama last year, we had hope. We covered, great teams cover. This year, it would not happen. And it's like, I trust me, I, I think we are going to get to that point soon. And I've been saying this for years and I still firmly believe it. I think Notre Dame is a perennial top six program. And I think that we have a chance at a national championship specifically in the next three to four years. I, the window is open, not this year. And I don't want to be embarrassed. And I would rather turn the tide, build momentum get experience and have the national media on our side by being the fifth team, first team out, and then beating the living shit out of Penn State, Michigan, okay. Ohio State, anybody before else. You name, before you name any more, I want to I want to ask you a proposition because you were naming some teams we would love to play, but you were forgetting one. And would you still have the same position if your options were we sneak in number four and we play Georgia? Or we play Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Because then that defeats the whole purpose of missing the playoff field for next year. <laughs> but, okay, so I think we get blown out by Georgia. I think we probably still lose to Alabama. I think we are within 8 to 11 points against Alabama. 
P, jump in here. You're wrong. You are incredibly, incredibly, incredibly wrong. Well, say words to me, buddy. Convince me. (laughs) Bryce Young, the quarterback. And Dylan and I talked about this when you were, you know, out with your nuptials and all that stuff. Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, that whole marriage thing. Uh, Bryce Young isn't a good quarterback. Notre Dame, with the best safety in the nation, would feast on the ducks that he throws. Notre Dame wins outright versus Alabama. I, I mean, wow. there's there is a world that's possible. I legitimately think if the if there is ever a year that Notre Dame ever you know plays Alabama and beats them, this would be. Hold on, I need to see want, the offensive line hold a little bit more. I want a I disclaimer as well. If Notre Dame plays Alabama again, I will rescind myself from the Twitter account for a week. <laughs> I'm another... just saying that no, this is the most vulnerable Alabama's looked in a, in a very long time, and and that's obviously because you know they they lost so much talent to the draft and everything. So I I would definitely prefer not is to it, play Alabama. Is it crazy? I think we would hammer A and M and then get hammered by Alabama. Like I know yeah. that A and M just beat Alabama, but I don't feel comfortable playing the Crimson Tide with this offensive line. Um, and I would rather play. Georgia, not because I think Georgia is easier, but because it's a playoff game. Um, but I do think there is, I think we're the most likely scenario is we either go 11 and one and finish fifth or sixth, or we go 10 and two and end up playing in a new year's six bowl game. We're not going I think, not going I think Penn two. state, the winner of Penn state, Michigan, I think might be who we play in the bowl game. You know what I mean? I think that because it won't be they neither of them will win the big 10. So that won't be the Rose bowl, but we'll get them in the fiesta bowl or we'll get them in the cotton bowl or something I or whatever would love to play Penn state and beat Me the too. living. I, and I Clifford, think we would. But Clifford's out. So uh, honestly, I'm not going to put words into anyone's mouth, but it is a very scary proposition that certain schools, second rate institutions in Ann Arbor uh, could win that game because if Clifford's out for longer periods of time, their backup quarterback is a trash can, but it's the big 10 and the quarterbacks just seem to not matter in that conference, right? It's, yeah. Only uh, punters matter. In the big 10. Yeah, exactly. Oh, who, punters who matter run, everywhere. Who can run farther into a brick wall of defensive linemen and then who can punt the ball farther? Jay Bramble would win a Heisman if he would play that. Oh, and he's a 10 school. And he would also be the quarterback for a lot of these schools too. So he he would have that dual nature Heisman candidate. Yeah, I know we didn't talk about it because I wasn't on because I then got married the following week with the Wisconsin game. But when he Shout faked it, uh, when he faked it, against Wisconsin, he ran up to the line to try to draw him off sides. If he snapped that ball and threw it, I, I would have spontaneously combusted. I wouldn't have been a human anymore. <laughs> to be fair, it would have been on the altar, just on fire. <laughs> just on... <laughs> Bramblet has been pretty good lately, too. He's had some massive kicks in the last... 298 yards this week. Yeah, Not a big deal. He's been good. He's been good. That was my only criticism is sometimes he's hit or miss. Like, sometimes he'll just kind of shank one. But lately, it's been way more boom than bust. And, uh, and I think if he keeps that up, he's going to have a future... On Sundays. Um, so. Okay, playoff talk, pretty much over. Um, bowl talk. Um, one of you guys were looking at the fe- the Fiesta Bowl projections and had started a war on Twitter by by just mentioning that theoretically Notre Dame could be playing Michigan as things stand. Um, I don't really want that game to be honest with you because if we, I would. There's nothing more in the world I'd love than to beat Michigan in a bowl game. But there's nothing more in the world I would hate than losing to Michigan in a bowl game. And on a balance there, I think I would rather just play Penn State and take take my chances there. So 
Notre Dame has a couple pathways. If the worst happens, they'll play in the Fenway Bowl. They've already played in the Pinstripe Bowl. If they play in the Fenway Bowl, that'd be cool because I could go watch them. Shout no, out no. Yeah. We need a New Year's Six Bowl game to end that long streak. That's the point but of not making the playoff this if, year. If the worst happens, and it's not going to, they're yeah. pre- they're an ACC uh, bid team. Uh, so with that, they would go wherever the ACC goes. ACC, I believe, and this is off the top of my head here, has rights to Pinstripe, has rights to Fenway, Champ um, Sports, Champ Orange, Sports, or Camping Orange World, Bowl. whatever the Orange Bowl. But they won't make the Orange Citrus, Bowl there. Citrus, I think, as well. Citrus. So there's a bun- uh, Cheez It Bowl too. So with that, I could see Fiesta as one of the most likely. Then probably like a December 30th bowl. And then if the absolute worst happens and we're all admitted to some type of psych ward for a little bit on a 72 hour hold, we then could go down to nine and three playing earlier in the year. But I think a 10 and two team would probably Fenway would probably yeah. be calling there just because of the fan base. Well, I think I think Notre Dame could do better than that at ten and two because the year we went ten and two and ended up in the Camping World Bowl was unusual. That was only so because the Big Ten. Yeah, that was the only. That was only because the Big Ten had an unusual amount of ten win teams that Notre Dame got through the the bowl tie-ins got pushed down to a non New Year Six bowl game. I think a ten and two Notre Dame is in a New Year Six bowl game this year, and I think it's the Fiesta Bowl because that's where there's the nat large spot, and that's where they also give, I believe, the group of five a spot as well. So we could be very well looking at the Chanticleers in that game or BYU. I um, hope it's Coastal Carolina. At, oh, Coastal, such an innovative offense. They have so much fun in the locker room. The coach is an asshole. The team's a bunch of assholes. They don't actually go to college down there. They have a lazy river going through their town. Hey, chill out. I, chill out. I'm going to no, 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 no. You can't Coastal talk about a, my future people like that. It's a joke of a school. It's a joke of a football program. Grayson McCall. Oh, Jack wow. over Grayson Shout McCall. out, Connor McQuiston. Okay. Um, I do want to apologize for how heated I've been. I... No, it's coach- what we like about it. I've been it's coaching recently, and I've also been yelling at refs. So I, I, I'm trying. I'm like red faced Kelly. It's it's been bad. I don't know if I'm not allowed to say this, but P Wagon lost 104 to nothing in a rugby coaching game. Which, last. yeah, it's it's normal to lose by a lot. It was only 18 rugby touchdowns called tries. Uh, they scored once every four and a half minutes. All right, let's go into. Uh, predictions for this week. Um, if you're wondering why it's not sponsored by DraftKings, that's because they just did a two a two episode agreement. So we'll we'll figure something else long term. Um, that was a lot We're of fun. Open for sponsors. Open for sponsors. We always are. Uh, that was yeah. That was only a two a two time deal. Um, so this will be sponsored by us. Uh, so listener support on Anchor FM. Um, you can find the link in the below description for this podcast. You can also find it as our pin tweet. Uh, you can make monthly contributions of ninety nine cents, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine. Anything would be would be extremely helpful because the three of us are extremely busy and to kind of keep producing high quality content uh, that can be sustained. Um, please consider making a donation. Um, so let's get into the games for this week. Um, we got the big SEC game, Auburn at Arkansas. Arkansas seems to have featured in every one of these this year for us. Um, I'll start with Steve. Who do you like there? Uh, let's see. So, I mean, I, Arkansas is definitely frisky, and and I, I like them for the future. Let's see. I, I, I don't know, man. I think... 
Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with Arkansas at home. I was going to switch it up and go with Auburn, but I just yet again have no confidence in Bo Nick. So I'm going with Arkansas Razorbacks, and I, I think they're going to continue to build some momentum. P? Woo Pig. Well, that means they're going to lose because I also think Arkansas is going to win. Um, so naturally, we'll see Auburn crush them by a million. Um, but I do think the home field advantage there matters a lot, and Arkansas has been really good. There's no way around that. Uh, and I do think Auburn is a good team, but I'm going Arkansas. Uh, we're heading to the Big 12. It's a ranked matchup. Oklahoma State at Texas. Texas, of course, suffering a hilariously humiliating defeat to the Sooners. Um, Steve, so if for those of you that know on the show, um, when it comes to Oklahoma, Texas, we all kind of split on this. So Steve likes Texas, and I like Oklahoma. And he was bragging in the group chat. He was going, you know, hook them. And then, you know, game ends and I and I say boomer. Um, both of my co-hosts are holding up horns. Uh, fellas, does that mean you're both taking the Longhorns to beat uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys? They can't possibly give up 55 points to this Oklahoma State team. They can't possibly do it. But John Robinson's oh. the real deal. Well, this is concerning because I also am taking the Longhorns. So sorry, guys. Um, that means you will be losing. <laughs> um, again, home field, I think, matters a lot here. I think OK State is good, but I don't think they're that great. I think Texas is the second best team in this conference. Uh, so I'll go with them. Here's the big one, and I, I already know how somebody's going to go on this one. The Kentucky Wildcats are traveling to Athens, Georgia, to get slaughtered, um, in my opinion, but they are going to face the Bulldogs. P, you're the one who I think has a different opinion here. Who are you taking? Let's go, Let's go Cats. And I, go ahead. Go, no, no, you go ahead. It's your turn. So Kentucky can beat Georgia. It's a very low chance of them beating Georgia, but they can. Overall, and you know I'm not a stats guy, but I'm going to give you a quick stat. It's not about their quarterback, who has thrown for 1,134 yards this year and 11 touchdowns. It's not really about their rushing either. They have two over uh, 200-yard rushers, one 768, one 263. It's about their defense. Their defense is the real deal. Overall this year, they've given up 10 points, 28 points to Missouri. They squeaked by that one. 23 points. 10 points, 13 points, and 21 points. Kentucky can score, and they can limit Georgia. I would say they probably limit them to it's gonna be a high-scoring game, 42-35. Kentucky comes out on top. How about a team that has yet to give up more than 13 points this year? Uh, how about a team that gave up only three points to Clemson? Has- Turns out they're also 23-and-a-half-point off. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, how how about a team that has uh, who had back to back shutouts? One of them ag- uh, at home against one of the uh, a top eight team in the nation, and now they're at home against the number eleven team in the nation. Wall of averages, they're due. You can This Georgia defense is arguably better than the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's actually insane. They like I. If I were to step on the field in pads. Have you what what movie is it? Not another teen movie when the guy catches it in the end zone and then like he gets table topped and cut in half. That's what would happen to me if I were to ever step foot onto the field against this defense. They are terrifying. Georgia will win by not one. Not two. Not three, but four touchdowns. 
they're going to blow them the fuck out. Wow. So not only is Steve taking them to win, he's taking them to cover 23 and a half points. You know what? I'm with him. I think this is going to be a slaughter. Uh, I love Kentucky. Shout out, Nate. But uh, I do love Kentucky. This is Georgia's year. I think I'm safe, like just declaring it over. Georgia is going to win the national championship this year, um, which is the curse of death. I'm sorry, Georgia fans, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I've been I've been so impressed with you. Um, I hate JT Daniels, but Bulldogs all the way. Uh, I'm taking Georgia. Um, what do we got next? Uh, two five and one teams. We've got the BYU Cougars and the Baylor Bears. Two basic ass names. Whoever Mr. wants Wagon. to go. Oh, uh, that's a shit game that you picked. Um, two five and one teams. That's an excellent game. But both programs are poverty programs. Uh, BYU. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I'm going with the very frisky, very sassy Baylor Bears. Steve, were you in drama in high school or something? You just look like a theater kid right there. Um, I, I've been riding with the Cougars all year. I've they've they've served me so well, but I shall depart them. I'm also taking Baylor home team. Uh, BYU's coming off a tough loss to Boise State. Um, yeah, I'm just I, I like B, I like Baylor there. Uh, breaking breaking news regarding bowl stuff. Brett McMurphy okay. has another. <laughs> Brett McMurphy just released his uh, update. He has Notre Dame playing NC State in the Peach Bowl on December 30th. Notre Dame favored by four and a half. Now, the Peach Bowl is a New Year's Six Bowl game, isn't it? Like, that's considered a major, isn't it? It's right on the cusp because New Year's Six would be, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Orange, Cotton, Sugar, Rose, Fiesta. Peach is like the... But the, but the Peach rotates as the, national, as the playoff game. Yeah, it's the safety school of uh, New Year's Six Bowls. Huh. Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. the last year it was Georgia versus Cincinnati in that one. Yeah, so I guess it yeah. is defined as yeah. one, but you don't really think that Peach Bowl has a major. No, but does, it doesn't matter. We just need to end that stupid statistic of how long. Well, it's been they're playing NC State and the, the Wolfpack. We're, we're not playing NC State. because that you, They put us in that game because they think that we're going to drop another game. That's not happening. We are going 11-1. and one. Suck my balls, national media. Notre Dame is going to a New Year's Six Bowl game as 11-1. and one. We're going to win it. Until yes. further notice, that is the positivity. We're positive. Yeah, Everyone Peach keep Bowl. it together. <laughs> the Peach Bowl is is one of them, so I would take that, and that would be um, a, a huge win for Notre Dame. I don't know how NC State gets into that game. Um, okay, so we got one more left. Um, it is Arizona State at Utah. Utah, of course, just upset USC. Very annoyingly, since USC cannot seem to put together a good season. We got... Utah. Same. Go Oots. Steve, we picked all the same teams again. Yeah. We have. I think so. I'm taking Utah. Uh, You're not giving me a shot to catch up with you. That's kind of... Kind of annoying of you, but yeah, what, uh, what's the records at this point? I like I, I what I go four and one last week. I think I'm. We, I, we both did. Time. Yeah, you're twenty and ten. You're hitting sixty-seven percent of your shots. I'm seventeen and thirteen, and I actually can't calculate P's number yet because I don't know who we picked from last week because I was a little lazy. Okay, well I'll add that 
after this, <laughs> and I'll tell you where you are. I do think you're right around where I am at about 17 and 13. If you're listening and you need betting advice, just hit me up on like, you know, Friday night, Saturday morning. You hit me up on Twitter, DM, just tweet at me if you want. I'll, I'll quote tweet it, fire off those picks. I mean, I'm just good. I'm just I, good. I don't know what I'll, to say. I'll say this. I've been on a heater, on a betting heater. It started with the Canadian election that I made a lot of money on. And then I hit a big parlay of some college football teams. How the hell do you bet on elections? Oh, I got a bookie. Um, <laughs> just bet on election results. It's because my friends work in the industry, so they have just a better modeling system than the odds makers understand. So I just take advantage of that, and I tend to destroy the I odds feel makers. Like this is all – you're all accomplices to crimes now, so have fun with that. But I feel it's like Canadian, right. Canadian jail no, it's, is pretty – No, it's not – <laughs> no. a lot Canadian is freaking sick. Yeah. Have you seen Trailer Park Boys? That's I imagine that's so Canadian jail. I feel like Canadian jail is just a bunch of like moose guarding the. It's like Squid Game, wait, but with wait, moose. wait, hold on, hold on. You've never seen Trailer Park Boys? That blew up in the states. That was on Showtime. No, I one I don't like hockey. Two, I I marginally <laughs> don't like Canadians. Nothing, nothing so like, hockey. You're you're the only Canadian that I like. I hate Let's Drake. See. Steve, you don't know Trailer Park Boys? I, I know of it. I've seen like one or two episodes. Um, so Genuinely I'm, one of the funniest shows of all time. Yeah. But okay. Um, first of all, uh, all public. There is no crimes there. They're just That's a modeler. Yeah. They're very okay. good at modeling. You're not so committing insider, no, insider no, 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 no. The, the odds make You could have let us know about it. decision, too. and I just have better access to information than than the way they set their odds that's all um Fair. so i have committed no crimes here on this show um Neither but anyway future lawyer what I, what I was getting at is that i hit a huge nice little parlay i know that was contradictory words of notre dame Pickham and tyson fury to win and if you watched either of those, there were moments where that looked like it was not going to happen. Of course, Notre Dame pulls out a huge last-minute victory, and then you know, in the boxing match, Fury gets knocked down in the fourth and then eventually knocks Wilder out. So I'm also on a betting high. So Can I talk about my betting high? Yes, let's go. I know everyone loves to hear about people's bets. I hit uh, same-game parlay, Notre Dame uh, to beat Wisconsin, hit him on the money line. I hit the first half under second half over and for whatever reason they also let me bet the spread i had notre dame in the points yeah I, I, I had done well on that too i also hit the props um in terms of like uh receiving yards and, and touchdowns and yeah, stuff like that they don't so, let me do that which is unfortunate but gotta use these online folks if you're not using our former partner DraftKings. um so I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we've got no games to preview. Um, next week, we are going to have some Southern Cal fans on uh, to preview what I believe is the best rivalry in sport. Um, does any of you guys want to chat about before before we go? I mean, this is open forum discussion here. This is a bye week. Watch out for South Alabama. They're playing. They lost in you know, four overtime with the Texas you, State. And your, your propaganda is too much to handle, and that's from the propaganda can, account. So can I? Let's let's do a quick little thought exercise. Um, okay. Logan Diggs is going to be a problem. Yeah, where yeah. is Audric Estime? That's that's what I'm going to get to. Okay. Audric. So Logan Diggs, six carries, twenty nine yards, four point eight, long of ten. 
He had a he had one run where he basically stopped right before the line of scrimmage, almost in a Le'Veon Bell esque manner, let the hole open up and then hit it, and you know picked up a, a very clutch first down. Diggs is gonna be a problem. He like I'm very high on him. Now think about next year's running back stable. You're gonna have Logan Diggs. You're gonna have Chris Tyree, the Rocket 2.0, and then you're gonna have Audric Estime, who is a brick shit house. Yeah, that's Jerome a, Bettis. With so, a presumably at that point can't get worse than it is now, better offensive line, and Tyler yeah. Buckner as your starter with some we're, absolute studs at wide receiver. We're gonna go into Columbus, Ohio and beat the Buckeyes. I'm yes. I'm just gonna call that now. Um I don't think people realize how good Notre is gonna be next year, and especially if the offensive line is better with Marcus Freeman at, at D coordinator and with how shaky Ohio State is. And Ohio State's kind of shaky in big games. Think of the big games they've played in recent years. I mean, they used to get blown out by Clemson in every playoff game except last year. They got blown out by Alabama worse than we did. They lost to Oregon at home, which should literally never happen in the history of Ohio State football. That, sh- that should not happen. Um, they always drop a stinker to Michigan State or Iowa or Penn State. Ohio State is kind of kind of chokers. They lost to Oklahoma. I mean, they split that one and one. I think Notre Dame's going to go in there next year and flatten them. And maybe that's me just getting really amped up because I'm hungry and it's Canadian Thanksgiving today. But oh, yeah. I like happy, it. Happy Thanksgiving. And I know we've probably done this now because we're, we're, we're on our fourth year of this podcast, third year, yes. fourth year. All right. So for the, for the fourth year in a row, can you please explain to the listeners and to me, because I have a goldfish brain, what is Canadian Thanksgiving? So when I can't. They found, found none of it. I, I can't because I still don't know. It's been four years of you asking me and four years of me saying I actually don't know where we get Canadian Thanksgiving from. But we have it, and I love that we have it in October, not November, because it gives well, us enough, well, just enough well, space well, between well, Christmas. Well, 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 well. Your Thanksgiving's too late. It's just right no, before it's not. December, and you're going to eat turkey like four weeks apart. You know, Give yourself a little bit of space. You know. Well, you've never been to an Italian Christmas, my guy. Hey. I, I didn't think Italians were allowed to celebrate Christmas. Today's... We're Catholics. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's our guy. No, so, no, because so, sorry, sorry, all, not, not because all of that. You just, out because there. Of, just because of the turkey aspect, I figured that would be sacrilegious in Italian culture. Like you would just you don't, make you don't eat turkey you don't in Italian Italian Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You don't eat turkey in Christmas. What? No, Christmas you have seven fishes. Note the set the pesque. You don't. You the do night not of the eat seven fishes. Turkey on Christmas. On, on Christmas, no. That's what Thanksgiving's for. That we do both. Christmas we all about same. fish. I, I am literally fish. that. Fish. I am the soprano theme right now. Inarticulate Italian noises. That is me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So just to clarify, the reason I had said it enough Italians could celebrate is because I thought you would eat turkey on Christmas like, like I always did. I mean, Are pasta would pasta would be. No, no. So n- Christmas Eve is spaghetti for me, and then Christmas Day is turkey, and then Thanksgiving is also turkey. That's why Christmas I figured: Day. Do Italians even know what turkey is? Because they're always Christmas making their beautiful the pasta. Before. Christmas Eve is seven fishes. You have seven courses of fishes. Maybe some pasta thrown in there for a little palate cleanser. And then Christmas, oh, Christmas Day. Christmas ham is very clutch. Christmas ham. Uh, I don't love ham, but it would be Christmas ham. on think turkey is only reserved for Thanksgiving. Interesting. I mean, I've done ham too, so I don't think that's crazy. But interesting. Uh, so, turkey is a, is a two-time a year for me. Maybe Thanksgiving. Uh, it's a celebration of being thankful for what one has and the bounty one is about to receive. Uh, as a liturgical festival, 
Thanksgiving corresponds to the British and Continental European Harvest Festival, with churches decorated with cornucopias, pumpkins, corn, wheat sheaves, and other harvest bounty. It also looks like my front porch right now because I have corn stalks out there and I have nine pumpkins around my house. Uh, so while the actual Thanksgiving holiday is on a Monday, Canadians may gather for their Thanksgiving feast any day during the long weekend. Yeah, it's so, usually Sunday. We usually they have something do it called Sunday. A, a Jids dinner, butter tarts, and Nanimo bars. Oh, and the Nanimo bars are sick. Those are, are have you had those before? No, okay, so those are how much I have. Oh man. So it's like a chocolate top and it's like this custard, like yellow thing in the middle, and then it's like a base that's kind of like coconut chocolate. And it's delicious. Uh, very hmm. sweet. Uh, from the Nanaimo, first, British uh, Columbia. First Canadian Thanksgiving happened in fifteen seventy nine. Damn, that's old. Um, I we used to celebrate it on Sundays, but Monday's the statutory holiday. Um, so did you not have school today? I did not have school today. That is correct. Um, and then on top of that, I am a student, so I didn't celebrate Thanksgiving because, like, I'm not going to make a turkey for myself. So um, I'm actually just going to order some food and watch the Red Sox knock out the Tampa Bay Rays tonight. Um, that yeah, that's so like I like I like Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays. Uh, I just find when you guys do it in late November, because I'm used to having turkey again at Christmas. I'm thinking that's just too close. So if that's the case, then you know what? I'll lay off. You know, if you're not doing All turkey right. at Christmas, that's fine. Four four horsemen of holidays. Power well, rank them. Well, I'm power. Irish, so we're going St. Pat's number one. Power no power rank them. Your top power four rank. holidays go. Now, what counts as a holiday? Like, is Halloween a holiday? Is St. Patrick's Day a holiday? Or is that just we'll kind of like a gimmick all, day? No, let, consider them holidays as well. We'll, we'll close we, out after this, but let it rip. Okay, you got to go Christmas number one, right? Just because it's the time of year. Everybody gets together. You see your family. It's that magical snow if you're living in kind of the north. Um, you know, and I've never been a big Christmas guy, but it's got to be. It's with family. You get lots of food. You get Christmas Eve, Christmas, and you get New Year's kind of over that holiday break. I got to go Christmas slash the holidays. Steve, number, number one. one, go. Just go in order, one through four. Go. Even better. Okay, then I will say two, uh, Thanksgiving. Three, St. Pat's, just so I can get destroyed on a March afternoon. Um, and then... You know what? I think I'll take Halloween just because it's a uh, it's an excuse. It's an excuse to go party, and if you're a kid, you get to have a great time. Steve, go. P. I already know you're gonna have something obscure like Flag Day, but Labor Day. <clears throat> All right, number four, I will go with Christmas. I don't actually like Christmas a lot, but it's just that you get so much time off and between Christmas and New Year's, you literally just don't do anything. Even if you're like, if I'm working, I'm just going to like log into my computer and move my mouse every 30 minutes or so um, and then just play Xbox. So I'm going with Christmas strictly because you're not working. Uh, then we're going with, let's go with Labor Day, the kickoff to the summer. Yeah, it's the kickoff to the Labor Day is the end of summer, you idiot. Memorial Day. Memorial Day is the kickoff of summer. Uh, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rewinding. I'm getting my brain back together. We are going with Labor Day as the number three. It's the end of summer. It's the beginning of college football. College season. football. Exactly. <laughs> Typically, every Labor Day, I'll go on some sort of vacation because it's still, you know, summery at that point. Uh, and, and that's always a great time. Then number two is Memorial Day. And that's because it's the kickoff of summer. 
that's when the weather in Boston starts to really turn and become authentically like somewhat nice uh, golf season in full swing by that point. Uh, and then number one, f- <laughs> 50 stars, 13 bars, the U.S. of A, the greatest country in the world. Fourth of July. Happy Independence Day. Let's fucking go. All right. Uh, this, this was actually a debate on Twitter a couple months ago. So I, I have down my actual holiday. So I'm not going to throw any bizarre ones at you. Uh, the first one is St. Patrick's Day, number one for me uh, be. because of Newport and be, me being Irish. Uh, number two, Memorial Day. Memorial Day is a huge one. Love it. Uh, number three is Halloween. Really get it in there. Thanksgiving, I'm okay with, but of the fall holidays, Halloween's definitely up there for me. And number four might be a surprise. These are bank holidays, by the way. Number four. No, that's only in Rhode Island. (laughs) Number four. It's a toss-up, but I'm doing New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Yeah, I would just just count that with Christmas, because for me and being Canadian, we get the benefit of Boxing Day, so I get four holidays in that period. Now, what the fuck is Boxing Day? It's a day where everything's on sale. So it's also a stat. Well, so you have like, Black Friday on a random day. Kind of. So it's like 24th is Christmas Eve, 25th is Christmas, 26th is Boxing Day, and then you get New Year's, New Year's Eve. So, so wait, like, why for me, it's just like all of the sales after Christmas. Your country needs to work Christmas on marketing. Now. You need a marketing. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I found a new one. So I'm taking New Year's Eve out. February 1st. It is known as Spunky Old Broads Day. I've, I knew you were going to do something <laughs> obscure, you asshole. <laughs> so remember, February 1st, celebrate the spunky old broads in your life and subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe to the Four Horsemen podcast. I will say that Canada has uh, a holiday in May. It has different names in the country. It's either known as Victoria Day or May Long or May 2-4. But basically, like the 24th of May, that weekend is... A holiday and that's where everybody goes up to the like lakes if you have money and which i didn't so, so i didn't get to go to the cottage day. so it'd be it'd be like that so it's that it, it, there's no like military thing behind it that's remembrance day which all the commonwealth countries celebrate which is november 11th the day the first world war ended um i'm it's very funny none of us said easter despite notre dame being a catholic school and I think all of us having some Catholic education from the child. Do you all celebrate the none of it Independence Day? Because I would love to come up for that. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, I didn't know it was a thing either. I was hoping it was. So if anyone only, from none of it, hit me up. The only one who celebrates provincial holidays is Quebec. They actually celebrate um, Jean-Baptiste Day, um, ah, which yes. is like July 4th or 3rd. Or it's around, it's between like Canada Day and, Ameri- and U.S. Independence, or it's just before Canada Day. I don't know. But they don't really celebrate Canada Day here. They just, which is July 1st, they just celebrate their provincial equivalent. And they're the only province to do that. Everyone else is kind of normal. So that's it for Canadian holidays. We have nothing special there. Um, yeah, just Thanksgiving's at a different time. I actually have one last question for you. Uh, okay. This is for, I guess, Moose Jaw. Is that, that's a place in Saskatchewan, That, that right? is a city in Saskatchewan. Well, city. Is there quotes. a big party that happens there once every year? I, We're I like, know. okay, because. You're uh, supposed to know everything about every small yeah. town in Canada. Yeah, come on. Right. So you know. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's all I have. I, I literally Googled Saskatchewan big party. I guess there's a bar out there that's like just lawless for a weekend. That That's all I got. So if anyone knows what I'm talking about, hit me up. Well, if the Rough Riders ever beat the Rough Riders for the Grey Cup, I'm sure the Rough Riders will be very happy. 
That's an old South Park joke. I guess nobody picked up on that. The, at one nope. point, the Canadian Football League had two teams called the Rough Riders. Oh. It was very, very funny. And South Park had made the joke about it. So I was kind yes. of... Indeed. Yeah. What's that There's, about? Well, Dylan's got to catch a baseball game. We I have know. to beat the bye week, which we're going to do this week. Uh, everyone, tweet us your thoughts about quarterbacks, offensive linemen, even Favorite your public rankings of holidays. Uh we're all about the interaction. We love you all. Thank you so much. Five stars. Subscribe. Share it with a friend. Anyone you talk Notre Dame football with, send them the episode and just say, listen to these absolute imbeciles rant about nothing. That's what bye weeks do to us. I have no closing thoughts other than I love this program and I want to see us go 11 and 1. And everyone stay positive. You too can take us out. I, I, I love how this podcast fell off a cliff in the last 10 minutes. It, <laughs> what makes this podcast so funny and so unique. I'm sure our listeners enjoy the random stuff we talk about. Um, that's, you know, that's it, Steve. Well said. Uh, we're going into bye week. We're going to have the Southern Cow guys on next week, and we're going to, oh, man, we got I got some Twitter stuff planned. We're going to have everything ready for, for USC week. So uh, stay alive another week, folks. <laughs> Go Irish. Beat SC.